Simon Robinson here from Robinson Ralph. I'm having an answer this week. It's going to blow your mind, this. I'm having an answer with David Silito. Indeed. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, Dave. Um, good to see you. Yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely to see you. Thank well. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just some, some moments ago, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I said to Dave, um, shall I hit record? And what I meant was, are you ready to go? And just hit record. And Dave went, no, don't bother. Yeah, implying well, no, let's just let's just not record it. Let's just do the podcast. Just do the not podcast. Record it. Not you brought some that abstract concept. Yeah, record it, and people just will tell them the case, let them work out what we said. Yeah, so it, it, you know, really, really funny stuff. It's <laughs> just an example. That's of just an example. Of hilarious laughs we have <laughs> on a day-to-day basis in the office, and in fact, it's not even laughs is it it's laughs laughs l-a-double-f and probably a z on probably the a z maybe a, couple, maybe a couple of z's thrown in there really a few wacky laughs <laughs> lads laughs <laughs> we should start to call it that lads laughs yeah and it is serious subjects so very serious yeah, yeah we should probably do that. i think it's been appropriate you're joking so far <laughs> thus, thus far <laughs> i'm offended yeah rightly so i'm offended uh i'm more offended well, I'm offended that you're more offended. Oh, well, that's really sold. <laughs> okay, so um, here we are. It's uh, this case this week. We're going to be talking about the case of Bryce versus Century Consulting Limited, aren't we? We are indeed. And it was heard of sure. Nottingham Employment yeah. Tribunal, the home of Robin Hood. Nottingham, yes. that is, not the tribunal. <laughs> no. Um, no. So, favorite Robin Hood? Favorite Robin Hood? Yeah. Um, probably the. 1991 with Alan Rickman. Is it the Costner? Is it Costner? Yeah, well. I was trying to. I was trying to remember who it was. If it was Costner or Patrick Swayze. That's who I was. I, I was getting a bit confused between Dirty Dancing and Robin Hood. Hood. That's yeah, that's yeah, I, always, I always watch the one after the other <laughs> every Tuesday. Yeah, and in your in your head, then does does Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, end with with Alan Rickman shouting, "Nobody puts the sheriff in the corner," yeah. and then <laughs> then it gets lifted up to time of our yeah. lives. But I tell you what I did like though, Maid Marion and Her Merry Men on on like CBBC when I was about ten. Mm. I remember that when you were ten? <laughs> I don't remember when you were ten. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you were you were alive, so you it was a life but... memory of the time, but not me. But not I you. Wasn't there. No, I wasn't. I don't have memories of you. I'm not that I'm... Yeah, I have memories of I have memories of of the past. If that's right. Yeah. Um. Is well, that... you didn't share your favourite Robin Hood. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely. As if anyone cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to talk at length now about Robin Hood. Um, I think probably Kevin Costner as well. Okay. Yeah. Can you think of any others who's a who, who's a close second? Who's a close? Yeah. Yeah. I can actually. Okay. Um, what's his face who played Gladiator? He was Robin Hood. Was he? Yeah. All oh, right. In a film called Robin Hood. Hmm? What's his name? Um, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe was Robin Hood. Okay. So he'd probably be my second favourite Robin Hood. Yeah. And then there was also the fella, uh, the young fella who played Elton John. He was Robin Hood. Was he? Oh. uh, Taron Egerton. Yeah, him. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know more Robin Hood than I do. Men in Tights, there was Gary Elwes, who was a Princess Bride. He played Robin Hood. Yeah. So... There's been quite a lot of Robin Hood films, haven't there? But too many. Too, oh, yeah, so many. Maybe we should do a Robin Hood a thon one day. <laughs> yeah, 
Why not? <laughs> get, rid of, get rid of the wives, get rid of the kids, just sit around. A couple of beers, like right lads. <laughs> just, to, just do four or five Robin Hood films back to back. Yeah. <laughs> what a weekend. <laughs> All these people out here pretending they haven't done it. Go like, oh, who does that? Yeah. Secretly thinking, oh, God, a Robin Hood marathon sounds amazing. You can come to us. Yeah, do, definitely. <laughs> Unless you're a nemesis, in which case don't. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, please don't. Nemesis not invited. <laughs> So anyway, back to Bryce Free Century Consulting yeah. Limited. It's quite a it's quite a long case. Some might say too long. Uh, 50, mm. 59 pages. Mm, yeah. Mm. So we're gonna read it out word for word, aren't we? <laughs> I thought so. Um, but um, but no, we're not gonna do that, ladies and gentlemen. So please don't uh, don't turn up. We're only gonna talk about one specific aspect of it, aren't we? Here, or two specific aspect aspects of it. Yeah. Well, three. We're gonna talk about the facts and then we're gonna talk about um um disability discrimination under section. 15 of the Equality Act 2010, discrimination arising from disability, and then reasonable adjustments. We are aren't indeed, we? aren't we? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. what? Do the facts. No, you can do the facts. Oh, I can do the facts, can I? Yeah. Okay. okay. You, you, you do the facts. Well, they're very brief, aren't they? I mean, the yeah. claimant only worked for a few days. Yeah. So, I mean, he managed to get 59 page judgment out of just a few days' work. I know. So, he, thank God he wasn't there for two years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the company provides security services. Uh, the claimant answered some advertisements on Facebook. Adverts, other people call them, shorthand. Yeah. See us time. We're big fans of brevity here. So, yeah. But we would explain advert means advertisement. Even yeah. David said advert, so you, you understood fully what was yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. Although, I'll tell you a little pet, pet peeve of mine. Please. Um, when people say, I've sent you an invite. Mm. Mm. It's an invitation. Yeah. Invite is a verb. Yeah. Mm. So, so please, everybody, stop doing that. If you, if you ever see Dave in the street... Please, please don't. Please don't use verbs incorrectly. No, no. If, if you see me outside uh, West One Leeds punching a brick wall, yeah. um, it's because I've been triggered and I've become really angry by the fact that somebody describes an invitation as an invite. Yeah. And there's one, I mean, I've known you for years now. And one thing, of all the things that could anger you, I think one of the few things that does mm. is the incorrect use of verbiage. Yeah. yeah. And I think verbiage is. Probably right. Or yeah, I think trigger? so. I think it's so. It? No, no. <laughs> I'm, let's take a break in filming. I'm just off to punch a wall. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the reasons. Back to uh, yeah, back to the podcast. Uh, so the claimant worked from the 25th of December 2020. That was his first day, right. um, Christmas Day. It does say later in the judgment they didn't have any friends. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, 25th of December 2020. Very, very much like Santa. To the 8th of January 2020. So elves. 2021. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, the claim was based on part-time work of discrimination, disability discrimination, but the part-time work of discrimination didn't go anywhere. So we won't talk about that any more than I have just done. No. Uh, the claimant contended that he suffered from Asperger's syndrome and dyslexia, and that that impacts on his ability to process information quickly and how he communicates. Mm. Um, uh, that was what he said at the outset of the the case mm. the respondent accepted that he had asperger's and dyslexia mm -hmm. um uh, the only issue in dispute was whether or not the effects of the condition on his normal day-to-day -day activities were were substantial mm. um and uh, what then happened was that um essentially the claimant over the course of I think it was about six shifts that he, he worked and he was late for three of them um, and he was on time for uh, for the rest. Mm. He says he couldn't quite explain why he was late, but 
the weather was bad and his cognitive abilities um, are impaired, which prevents him from planning um, and uh, getting to places on time. He also mentioned that it was quite a long journey from his home to the, the, the place, which was difficult because of his disability. Um, so uh, Mr. Nason, who was the only witness for the respondent who gave uh, evidence and, and was one of the senior managers of the, the company, uh, accepted that the claimant had said that he had Asperger's syndrome and dyslexia, uh, and that was at one of the meetings just before the uh, engagement ended. So, so they accepted that they were aware that he had Asperger's and dyslexia, and they were also aware that he was saying that he had difficulties difficulties with getting into work uh, on time. Um, uh, one of the issues was that if he got into work during one of the week shifts and was late, that meant that there was a period of time where uh, the premises was left um, unmanned, mm. uh, unstaffed, uh, whereas during the weekend, uh, if he got in late, then somebody would have still been there. And whilst it would have been inconvenient for them, it wouldn't have rendered the, the, the company as not fulfilling their, mm. their contractual obligations. I don't know why I'm groaning with pleasure as you're speaking. I'm just going, mm. just, uh, yeah. just people that I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's certainly reminding me just, <laughs> causing me to, if you can hear me getting fainter and fainter, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Simon's groaning. That's <laughs> um, uh, causing me to move further yeah, away. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, after he was told that because of the issues with his lateness, and there were other issues as well with him not filling in, um, uh, not monitoring the site properly, uh, spending time on shift whilst using social media, and not patrolling the site because of what he said were a, was a tripping hazard. Um, the claim was told that he wasn't going to be offered uh, any more shifts. Uh, he raised a grievance. Uh, he referenced his part-time working. Uh, he referenced his Asperger's syndrome and dyslexia as being the reasons um, why uh, he, uh, he he felt that he'd been treated unfairly. So um, the, the, the tribunal considered whether or not the condition was a disability and the principal issue there was whether or not there was a substantial um, impairment on the claimant's ability to carry out normal day-to-day -day, uh, activities um, and I think it's important here to bear in mind as we always say that substantial doesn't actually mean what a natural interpretation of the word substantial might lead people to, to think it means no, in the context I I know this one. Go on. It means more than minor or trivial. Indeed. Hey. Indeed. So it's a really low bar that a, a claimant needs to get over to establish that they are disabled. So here the claimant referred to the fact that um, his cognitive abilities are impaired in the morning, um, that he sometimes gets confused by his digital uh, alarm clock, uh, and that he will miscalculate time and fail to plan ahead um, and take account of possible factors which may make him late now that was supported um uh, to some extent by reports that he had produced uh, from the mersey care trust and the university of portsmouth autism center uh, and they said things like he had already, he always has difficulties planning ahead uh, and that um if they work set hours and unexpected delays such as a traffic hold up can make them anxious uh, or upset um, so despite the fact that he had on occasion 
been able to arrive on time. Uh, the tribunal accepted that he was disabled for the purposes of the Equality Act in that um, his, his ability to get up and function in the morning was um, substantially impaired by his, his condition. So um, disability discrimination uh, or discrimination arising from disability. Yeah, well, well, yes, please. I'd love to talk about that. So, um, so what the, the judgment said, what the, the judge said in the judgment um, is the that in consequence of the claimant's disability, the claimant had problems with his timekeeping and to have been allowed some flexibility um, over a start time would have enabled them to carry out further shifts. Um, he believes that he may have only required this flexibility for an initial period of time until he was more familiar with the route to work. Uh, and then the tribunal found on balance that the unfavourable treatment of not offering further shifts was because of the impact of his timekeeping and his ability to plan ahead. The requirement to be on site at a specific time because of the impact of the site otherwise being left unattended, as, as David rightly said earlier on, had a specific, not those words aren't in the judgment, the bits about you. Yeah. Um, but um, what you said had it should a, be. Yeah, it should be, it should be. That the requirement to be at site on a specific time had a specific effect on the claimant, I it created a particular disadvantage for him. And the judge said the problems that the claimant had with his timekeeping ability to plan were more than a trivial influence on the treatment he received. And the tribunal found it was, in fact, the main reason for the decision not to offer him more shifts. The tribunal accepted that there was a real need on the part of the respondent to ensure the sites they were contracted to provide for security for were manned at all times during the contractual hours. Pausing there, I do wonder whether um, there'll be pushback in the use of the word and maybe staffed staffed yeah it should be um, staffed shouldn't it um yeah um, man of the match can't you don't have that in the premier league anymore do you it's player of the match well i don't know why yeah. it's all man on the pitch yeah yeah um but anyway uh, anyway so um it would be a legitimate aim to ensure that the sites were all staffed um during the contracted hours the consequences of not ensuring the site was secure are obvious in terms of potential damage slash theft said the tribunal but potential liability of the respondent as well as reputational risk to the respondent's business. But then I went on to, to consider a balancing exercise uh, when determining whether the means of achieving the aim were disproportionate as against the dis discriminatory aspect impact on the uh, disabled person. And, and when considering whether the means were appropriate or reasonably necessary, Mr. Neeson, who was the managing director, himself reflected the matter could have been dealt with better, which is not what we'll witness and concede. Uh, under oath that he could have done done it better. Yes, although his, his, his honesty in making those admissions, I think, you know, gained him favour at the tribunal. They found him to be a credible witness. Yeah, I so, think. But, but yes, I that, think, that's not ideal. Yeah, what you would ideally want is him to have that moment of reflection when preparing for the case, <laughs> and then you could probably decide whether it's worth settling. Yes, yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, Mr. Neeson said he was not sure why other staff had refused to swap their weekend shifts um, and he was not sure whether there'd been weekend work available at an alternative site in Birmingham. Uh, the aim of ensuring the site uh, is secure would potentially be a legitimate aim, but the treatment in the circumstances, the tribunal said, was not proportionate. The respondent was not in a position to satisfy the tribunal that less discriminatory measures could have been taken to achieve the same objective. And the tribunal found that um, uh, the claimant would have continued to be offered other sites had the respondent took necessary steps to accommodate him with weekend working so they find that the section 15 claim was well founded and succeeded and then they went on to consider the failure to make reasonable adjustments and the respondents in its submissions the tribunal said does not dispute that it had a pleaded pcp namely a requirement for specific shift patterns to be worked 
and the tribunal found that the claimant was placed at a substantial disadvantage in comparison with non-disabled uh, uh, employees. The um, the adjustment um, uh, that the um, uh, the claimant was seeking was um, uh, sort of flexi hours, really. And the respondent said its written submissions refers to an adjustment to what it refers to um, flexi hours of 15 to 30 minutes is too onerous, but Mr. Monroe did not expand on the reasons why it is alleged to be onerous. So arguably here a failure in perhaps preparation, uh, Dave, in terms mm -hmm. of in terms of um, getting all the ducks in a row. Mr. Nason's own evidence is that the respondent could accommodate that adjustment if the claimant was given weekend shift work. He does not allege this was uh, too onerous. Indeed. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say on, on that? No, no, that's, uh, yeah, I think that, that sums it up. Um, so, yeah, that claim succeeded as well. And then in terms of remedy, further directions were made, so we don't yet know uh, exactly what the claimant is going to get. But given that um, one of the adjustments would have been uh, allowing him to continue working there with weekend shifts, there will presumably be an element of lost earnings mm -hmm. uh, and also injury to feelings, of course, as well, given that the discrimination claim was um, was upheld. Uh, I wonder if the respondent will be thinking about whether or not it writes to the claimant now and, and offers him some some work, perhaps in order to, to minimise the their yeah. Yeah, exposure to, to lost earnings. But uh, uh, who knows? Who yeah, knows? and I think it's it's all these, I've said earlier on, all these um, revelations is a bit strong, I suppose, with the admissions that were made um, in tribunal wise, obviously the correct thing to do, and no witness should ever lie on the stand, and they should always be truthful. Is is that perhaps uh, a bit more preparation and recognition of the weaknesses of their case in the preparation stage um, may well have saved uh, this matter going to tribunal, and, and maybe at that time saying actually we can we can accommodate it. So why don't we get him back to to work? Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean one of the one of the issues that Mr. Nason, the respondent's witness, had. And the tribunal noted was that he wasn't actually the person who dealt with the claimant on a day-to-day -day basis no. so he hadn't um uh, been party to some of the important conversations yeah. which meant that where there was a, uh, an, a dispute as to what the claimant had told his direct line manager yeah. then um the claimant's evidence was very likely to be preferred mm. i don't think this was a case that turned significantly on um, findings of fact and whether one person was believed one person was believed over another, but there is always some element of of, of that. Um, but yeah, I think you know just yeah making sure witness statements address all the issues. Why would a particular adjustment that's being sought have been too onerous for the the company? Um, I don't strive and strain to find as too onerous. It either is or it isn't, and if it is, then it should be fairly easy to give evidence. Yeah. Um, on that yeah. if you find you can't give the evidence then maybe it's just that as an employer you just don't like the idea of it um, and don't fall into the trap of saying if we give it to him or her then everybody else will want it as well that's not a sound defense for a reasonable adjustment no. as a Dave no true so there you go well I think we've I think that's pretty good yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um, I think it's been informative and a bit entertaining as usual yeah yeah um, I mean let's not you know not do too many of our own reviews, I suppose. No. They will all be five star. Right? <laughs> Let's yeah. face it. And <laughs> yeah. rightly so. <laughs> yeah, I mean so. we are we are pretty exceptional at this. <laughs> so there you go. So that's that's the end of that. And um, you know, whatever you're doing, you're driving, you're you're on the train, um, maybe maybe just 
I don't know, going to go to sleep. Yeah, just at home. Just at home, just cleaning, wiping up, staring into the abyss. Yeah. Um, whatever <laughs> it is you're doing. And maybe you've got a like a lot of people around and you're having like a party and everyone's oh, just like listening to it. That's having a natter podcast party. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. imagine those happen. Probably. And everyone's like, oh yeah, well look, he's about to speak. Let's hear what he's got to say. No, when he said this. Oh, oh he was brilliant. brilliant. And then they probably turn to the other friend. Why can't you be as brilliant and funny as them? And then a fist fight breaks out, the police yeah. get called. I wish they were my friends. Yeah, but we're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that, that bombshell. On that needlessly aggressive bombshell. Thanks, Dave. Um, we'll see you later. And um, that's the end of that. Bye. Bye.